Okay, so I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pinks, greens, yellows, blues, just like really vibrant, fun colors. And everything is non-toxic. So they have, you know, Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non-stick sheet pans. Everything is non-toxic to me. That's huge. And we all know, like, I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them the Fry family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic non-stick pans. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know, again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, Once you get these, you're going to want to get them for your friends. So they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, whatever occasion you need. It's a great gift. Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com, promo code CBC. Hey guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. Julie, I just finished watching that literally two minutes before we got on here. I am on a high. It was, it's the best episode ever, right? I completely forgot. When we were talking about the wedding and kind of just going over what we thought in our heads, I thought the bridesmaid dresses were white. Like I completely got confused with Kim's wedding. I didn't remember any of this. And I'm telling you guys, it was amazing. You need to rewatch this. This is my favorite of all the weddings. Not like of actually the wedding in terms of aesthetic and design and everything. Just in terms of like the wedding special episodes, this is by far my favorite. What I can't get over though is how many other storylines were going on other than just the wedding. I mean, it was such a clear insight into how Kim was feeling about everything. Obviously, what was going on with Caitlin, what was going on with Chris, we got the Rob and Adrian stuff. It was so multifaceted. It was like the peak of everything going on in everyone's life all happened at this one time. I mean, let's just do a general lay. I didn't even write this down, but Courtney is very pregnant. Kim had just broken up with Reggie. Obviously, Chloe and Lamar got engaged. I would say that Caitlyn is kind of at the height of, I don't know, some of her points of contention with the family, not just with this, although this really kind of brought it to the surface. Obviously, we're seeing Kendall and Kylie as teens. Rob had just broken up with Adrian. We're seeing them reuniting. It was everything at once. And something else that was so important is that you see the thought process that Kim was going through that led her to the Chris Humphreys marriage. That was honestly, with the exception of seeing how happy Chloe was, definitely my biggest takeaway from this because Kim, she was not trying to be selfish and she wasn't being selfish, but she couldn't help but think of this through her lens, which was one of so much sadness that it wasn't her. And it was evident, not in a bad way. It was just really clear incredibly clear. Also, I have to say, because I have to get this out of the way now, so it doesn't ruin it when we talk about the whole episode. I did not realize how awful the editing was in this episode until I just watched it. Yeah, when they're in bed and she has the ring and it's the whole thing, right? I was like, this is so bad at times that it makes it so much better. No, this was phenomenal. I can't stress it enough. I honestly, you guys, just to be super transparent, I didn't know what we were going to do for the bonus show this week. And we had talked about doing Chloe and Lamar's wedding because this was the natural end. We ended pre this season of Keeping Up. We ended on season three. So this was kind of what we were thinking about doing, but it wasn't until after you started watching it and you were like, okay, this is it. And I just finished it now. I'm telling you, I'm beaming. I, I was on a roller coaster of emotions that episode. I was too, and I am so, so happy that we decided to do this. Yeah, this was a really good call, especially, by the way, given what's going on with Chloe, not that we really know. It was nice just for a moment in time to see her not only so happy, but so confident and loved so deeply. Obviously, we know how that unraveled and Lamar really did wrong her, but I was was glad that I watched this and I didn't feel jaded. I didn't feel like I was watching it through the lens of what I know now. I really transported myself back. I didn't feel like that at all either. And I typically do watch things like that. And I think that was 
very much about them and their relationship and how much I loved Lamar because anybody else I would have watched through that lens. Like even when I see pictures of Kim and Kanye's wedding, I'm like, ah, it's so sad. Like what happened? Like when you're watching this wedding and they're getting married within a month, there was no part of me that was sitting there watching this being like, you're going to regret this. Like I was just so happy for them and missed this period of time so, so much. Right. And also because Clearly, we know how it ended, but it was never a Chris situation. They were not married for 72 days. They did have a real deep love. They were madly in love with one another. It wasn't a Kim situation of getting married because she felt like she had to. And so everything we're seeing on screen, it really was real. And even when it went bad, nobody could ever say it wasn't real. No, exactly. Oh, I missed this so much. This was really, I think, my favorite era of Kardashians because I truly loved her and Lamar together so, so much. There will never be anything Kardashian-wise like these episodes because their level of sophistication and how much more private they are in certain aspects, their level of fame, they have to be more refined. It just, this was so raw and this is the reason that they got to where they are now, obviously, because if they acted the way they do now in the earlier seasons, the show wouldn't have taken off. They needed to be this wild and kind of in the weeds. And wow, uh, listen, you don't guys don't have to watch this on Hulu. Feel free to just listen through our recap. I think we're going to do a good job at making you feel like you were there. But if you have the hour and a half, I can't recommend it enough. I so agree. Also, let me just say, I have no idea if we're going to do this in one part or two parts. We're going to see how the conversation goes. So By the time at the end of this, you'll see when it's uploaded, if it says part one or if it's just the full thing, because I could absolutely see us doing like five scenes in a full hour, or I could see us getting through the whole thing. I don't really know. We are just going to have to wait and see, kid. So we start out with Kim kind of just updating everyone from last season, almost narrating a little bit of a voiceover, but I forgot that they did this in between seasons in the earlier years, like a very reality show type thing. Right, because Kim was technically, quote, the leader and therefore the narrator of it, too. Yeah, and she kind of updates everyone saying, you know, my older sister is pregnant. She's living with her boyfriend, Scott. Reggie and I have decided to spend some time apart, talking about how Chris and Caitlin moved into an amazing house with Rob. And she says that everything is about to get a whole lot crazier. And I know this isn't the point, but I just want to say they've spoken about this in interviews before. Their voices have changed so significantly. Kim specifically, because she goes into this very high-pitched voice when she speaks, but Chloe, and it was really only with Lamar, had such a baby voice that she used for probably like the entirety of this episode and the entirety of her marriage with Lamar, but it was, I mean, I find it to be so nostalgic to hear her use that voice. It's funny. I feel like it's the type of thing where normally we would be like annoyed by that, but I wasn't annoyed. I just, she couldn't help herself. That's clearly one of the ways that her like love and adoration manifests itself. The other thing is that Chloe was always so harsh and you see it in this episode a lot. Like she's a very harsh personality. So something the baby voice did also was showed this completely other side of her and this other side that came out specifically around Lamar. Yes. And I think that for the family, I mean, obviously for us, it was kind of surprising to see, but I, for the family, I have to imagine it was as well, because you're right. There were a lot of moments in this episode. It's obviously indicative of how she was where the best word I can use is just a little bit abrasive. Very. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we get into it? I would love to. Any final things you want to say? You know, I'm just so excited to talk about this. So we start out the first scene, Chloe and Lamar playing basketball together. At this point, it's been 10 days after they met. And Chloe kind of sets the scene for us in her confessional saying, Lamar is my boyfriend. I met him when I was hosting a party. He plays for the Lakers. Finally, someone I could date that lives in LA. I've never had someone tell me so many times a day how pretty I am and just talk to me like that and just make me feel like I'm everything that he says I am. And it's very clear in this one scene how madly in love they are with each other. And he's kind of saying to her, you know, do you know why I love playing basketball so much? And she's like, no, tell me. And he's saying, you know, my mom passed away when I was 12. And every single day you would come to the park and you would just play and play and play. And it was kind of his escape. And in this very short scene where technically the purpose is for the audience to be introduced to Lamar, we get to witness this very deep conversation because they're going back and forth about, you know, Robert dying when she was 19, his mom dying when he was 12. And I don't know. They're just connecting on a level that 
I don't think it's consistent with what you would expect. No, and that was the whole point was to show us and give us like some amount of security in the fact that the way this was progressing in terms of meat to marriage was also like on par with the way they actually were. Like it wasn't just like they loved each other. It was quick. It was like they loved each other and their bond was so deep straight from the start. Yeah. And he says at the end of the scene, you know, well, I know you're going to be my wife. And she says, how do you know that? He goes, that's easy. When you know, you know. And you know, I think sometimes in these types of situations, one party could feel that strongly, or even if both parties feel that strongly, maybe they're both not voicing it, or maybe one of them doesn't want to move as fast. And I think aside from the fact that clearly they had very strong feelings for each other, it was a mutual thing that they wanted to do it in this type of way. Yeah, it was very mutual. I mean, clearly Lamar was very in love with Chloe at this time, but Chloe loved Lamar in a way that I think she was just completely unused to because she had never been loved like that by anyone else before. Like a consistent throughout this whole episode is the way that Chloe talks about how Lamar makes her feel like so beautiful and confident and how he's so amazing at telling her constantly how gorgeous she is and how beautiful he is and validating how much he loves her. And I think that was just something that she had never had before. So she fell so quickly obviously in love with him, but also in love with the idea of being in love for the first time. Yeah. And it was, it was more than just being in love. I think that it was just feeling so safe. Like she didn't necessarily say the word safe, but I think if I were to do a kind of very like reductive summary of this episode, that's what I would say. She was just so consumed in this feeling of like blissful safety. Yeah, definitely. So the next scene, they're talking about it again. And he's saying, you know, I want to hang out forever. I would marry you right now. And they basically decide that the 27th is going to be their day. He's like, we met on the 27th. Your birthday is on the 27th. So we should get married on the 27th. Really, I guess the one point that I want to communicate is even if it was going on somewhere internally, a moment of doubt or skepticism or hesitation, she never once communicated that to not only her family, but also to the audience. No, never. So the next scene, Courtney and Kim go over to Chloe's house because keep in mind, at this point, Chris and Caitlin have moved into the new home. And I forgot about this, but it very much tracks with kind of the weird way they move. Chloe and Lamar are living in the Calabasas ranch. Well, Chloe is, and I believe Malika's living with her. And during this conversation where they come over to see Chloe because they haven't seen her in so long, Malika says like, no, Chloe like hasn't been staying here. She's been staying at the SLS hotel with Lamar this entire time. Right. But I forgot that that was even a thing that Chloe like temporarily moved in there. I did too. Cause it was so brief. And also that was before we knew how they moved. Right. Exactly. And I guess what came first, the chicken or the egg, like they probably move in this way as their wealth has progressed, I guess. Yes. Yeah, as, as they've had the luxury to, but Again, that's still a luxury, the fact that they didn't have to immediately sell their other house in order to get the new one, and they were able to let Chloe live there a little bit longer. Obviously, that arrangement had a lot to do also with the fact that she was living with Courtney. Courtney and Scott obviously were living together and getting ready for the baby, so it made sense that she would have to move out. Um, but I co- did completely forget that she was living in the Calabasas house in the in the interim. So next scene, it's Chris, Chloe, and Lamar at dinner, and listen... I have to tell you, I am all for PDA. I am all for real outwards expressions of love. But they are straight up just making out a dinner with Chris. And I forgot, but it hit me like a ton of bricks. How uncomfortable I was watching it was exactly how uncomfortable I was watching it the first time because there is just something about not doing it when you're alone at dinner with your parent. I just think it's a universal it is universal. Yes. I was thinking like I was envisioning the conversation we were maybe going to have on here. And I was envisioning you saying something like, listen, you are as close with your parents as you physically can get. And even you, there's no way that would go down. No, I wouldn't. First of all, I would never let that go down. Like if, if I witnessed anything even close to that, where you were making out with somebody at dinner and your parents were sitting right there, I would literally pull you out of dinner and put you somewhere. Like, I don't even know what I would do with you, but I would not let that fly. No, it would just never happen. And I, 
I, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, no judgment, whatever. I, it's just honestly, cause the thing that I always think about is like, it's weird on Chloe's behalf, obviously, cause it's your mom, but also imagine being the significant other in that situation. So like, let's say you're with your boyfriend and you go out to dinner with him and his mom or him and his dad, and he's being a little touchy feely. I feel like in that situation, I would be the one to be like, no, not now. We can do it later. Whereas Lamar was leaning in just as much as she was. You you have done that. I have done that. I was going to say, I've been in that exact situation. Have I not? You have. <laughs> yeah. So, but don't you think that it would, Lamar theoretically would have been like, let's wait. And there was just no waiting. They were like obsessed with each other. And I think that was the whole point. Yes. And I will say, if you're going to do it in front of a parent, it may as well be Chris because yeah, she was a little thrown off, but she was weirdly very excited like by the whole situation. For Chris in this scenario, it was like she had never seen Chloe not only in love like this or have a boyfriend like this that she was willing so willing to introduce to her and be around her, but also again it goes back to that side of Chloe that you don't often get to see. And I think that in this moment she was like, "Okay, I'm definitely uncomfortable." But I can put that aside for a moment and be so happy that Chloe is showing this outward expression of love. Yes. And let's also keep in mind that if we view their lives in terms of like eras, this was definitely the era where Chloe was not the nicest to Chris. And so in a way, the presence of Lamar really kind of softened the blow. Yeah. Lamar really softened her for a while. I mean- she wasn't the nicest to everyone, which I consistently forget about because that is so not the Chloe we know now. And Chloe now is so like soft and gentle. And even though she's been through so much, it's kind of hardened her. I think that overall her personality and maybe a lot of that has to do with becoming a mom, but I think overall her personality has just softened so much and she's become really like the lovable, compassionate one of the family. And I almost forget that there was a period of time where like, you know, she's harsher than Courtney was. Way harsher and way harsher than Kim. I mean, she was very clearly the harshest one here. And I I do forget because it's so, in my view at least, like so antithetical to not only what she communicates to us in terms of how she is towards the public or in her confessionals, but also the way that her family and those closest to her kind of describe her. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, that's a question. That's something I really, again, I say when, not if, because I know one day it'll happen. When we interview her, that's something I really want to talk about. Because if we, as like the public and her family experience it, I wonder what that shift felt like internally. Yeah, me too. Okay, so next scene, Chloe comes to the new house. Again, this is when Chris and Caitlin have moved into big house, the two giant staircases. Chris, Kim, and Courtney are there. And she walks in and she goes, guys, I have something to say. I'm getting married. And they're like absolutely blown away. She's like, yeah, I'm doing it in nine days. You got to really watch the scene to understand what was going on here. But it was them treading lightly and kind of walking on eggshells, but also wanting to instill a little bit of logic in her. The whole episode and the way Chloe reacts, everything is so funny to me because obviously everyone's so concerned. They're like, you are literally marrying somebody that you met nine days ago. How are we supposed to react? And her disbelief in the fact that her family cannot wrap their heads around this is like, you would have thought that she told that in her mind, she was telling them that she was marrying a guy that she met three years ago and couldn't understand why they weren't happy for her. Like she didn't even allow them to have that moment of like, whoa. Right. Exactly. And that's kind of (laughs) what I'm saying. Like this would never happen now. Obviously she would never do something this quickly, but also if she did, she would still hold space for those closest to her to kind of like freak out about it. And I was trying to remember what I felt when I was watching it for the first time, like years ago, if I thought, wow, I can't believe that the family's being like that. Or if I thought she was being kind of out of line, I don't know, but I can know watching it now that I was actually thoroughly impressed with the way the family reacted because by no means was this a normal response. This was far more accepting specifically of Chris than I think most families would be. Oh, Absolutely. I was trying to remember as well. I know that this time I was watching it, I was like, I do not remember my initial time watching this being as thrown off by how ridiculous this entire plot line is as I am right now. Like, I was watching this being like, I cannot believe on any level that this was something that happened. 
I think when I was watching it at the time, I thought it was crazy, but I was like, they are so in love and this is so beautiful. Right. I also think that, you know, I don't know. I definitely don't think we were that conscious of the production element of it all at the time, but watching it now, you know, we always ask ourselves, is this something that was done for the show? Is this something that would have happened anyway? Or is it maybe a combination of the two? So it probably would have happened, but they're amping it up for the show. I genuinely think the show had 0% to do with this. I think that no matter what, they could have been not famous and she would have done it in the same 90s. There were definitely elements of the episode where you can tell that production played a, played a huge role. For example, when they're out to dinner with Chris and they're making out in front of her, that's a production call. And there are certain reactions that they had, certain, you know, the setup where Caitlin finds out that they're married through the news. Those are production calls, I think we can all assume. But overall, the decision to get married after nine days of meeting, the quickness of that, Chloe's inability to wrap her head around the fact that her family was concerned, like those are all things that I truly believe did happen. Yes, for sure. And also the other reason that I think the quickness would have existed regardless is because a lot of it, according to them, had to do with NBA season and whether or not they were on a show, he was still on the Lakers. So that really was the priority. That was such funny logic to me. It's hilarious logic. Also, though, I'm going to push back. I don't think the making out in front of Chris was production because if they were that uncomfortable with it, they wouldn't have done it. No, I don't because that's the thing. I don't think they were that uncomfortable. I think it was production and they were like, sure. Yeah, I guess that's true. So next scene, it's Rob and Caitlin and we'll get into their conversation in a second. But we also kind of have the scene set for us that Rob, now that Chris and Caitlin bought this big new house. He moved out of his apartment and he moved back in. And I obviously knew that, but I think that I had forgotten that there was an apartment in the meantime. So it was almost like a regression in a way. Right. Because, well, because a lot of it had to do with being at college. So once he graduated, I think that that was kind of the logic. Like it wasn't a real apartment. Um, But it's funny because Caitlin does that dad thing where she's like, oh, Kids keep moving back in and mooching off of me, like don't want them in the house. And then every single time she sees Rob and gets to hang out with Rob in the house, she's overjoyed that he's there. Yeah, there, listen, there were a lot of dynamics going on, especially during this time. And I think anytime Caitlin was with Rob or Scott, she was just grateful for their presence. Yeah, I think so too. But this is when they're having the conversation about Lamar. At this point, I don't think either of them know about the engagement. And you know, Caitlin is kind of just voicing her concern. She says in her confessional, Chloe and I have always had a close relationship. And as she's grown up, I always questioned her judgment when it comes to men. And Lamar is going to have to prove himself to me, which is very much on par. I don't think any of them have ever felt like she's been in necessarily the healthiest of relationships. No, something I really like about this episode also is obviously it's centered around Chloe and Lamar and their relationship and their wedding, their marriage, whatever. But Every single other person's relationship with Chloe, specifically Caitlyn's relationship with Chloe, had such a spotlight on this episode. Like her dynamic with Rob, her dynamic with Chris, her dynamic with, you know, Courtney and Kim. Like every single step of the way throughout this episode, that was highlighted so much in a way that made you really understand the family so much more than you probably had in the past. Yeah. And they needed to do that because keep in mind, we're only on season four. So we may have felt like we knew them really well, but we still needed that over explainer. Whereas now I think sometimes we wish they would explain it more, but we can kind of fill in the blanks for what we think is going on. Right. And specifically with Caitlin, where the way it had previously been presented to the audience for the past three seasons is like, you knew that they all had a very close relationship with her and you knew that she played a much larger role in her life than just stepdad. Like it really was very much a fatherly figure to them and they saw it that way and they had a very interesting dynamic and there was a lot of, you know, pushback about how strict Caitlin was and you saw throughout the past where like they were scared to tell Caitlin things because it was just like telling their dad and they didn't want to have to deal with the way Caitlin was going to react. But I think for the first time in this episode, you really understand the dynamic of how much Caitlin stepped in and acted as their father in a way that they really welcomed, not that they were resistant to it. No, and and they made it a point. I mean, at the end, you know, you see Chloe kind of say to Caitlin, like, you never force that role on us. And that's something I really appreciate. And I think that's beautiful. And, you know, also, Caitlin had a profound level of respect for Robert. And that is not something that was lost on the kids, you know. 
when your mom marries someone else, I, I would imagine that them respecting your father who passed away is top of the list for things to make you feel a sense of connection to them. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So it's now Rob, Chris, Kim, and Courtney. And Rob's overwhelmingly supportive about this at the time. You have to remember, like, not that this contributed, but Lamar was a Laker. Rob is a diehard Lakers fan. And again, I don't want to boil it down to that level of superficiality. Obviously, it's his sister's husband, but I don't think he was at the point in his life where he was capable of separating the two in his mind. Like that was really fucking cool to him. And maybe his reaction wouldn't have been so strong if it wasn't Lamar, but I think he thought of Lamar as the ultimate. Yeah, he did. It, and again, their relationship was something that was so, so special throughout the seasons. Like, to watch the interactions between Rob and Lamar was such a huge component of Chloe's marriage to Lamar. So to see where it really started and see that Rob was the number one supporter from the beginning and being like, you know, he really tried to emulate Lamar in a lot of things he does. And you can see it starting right here when he's working out and he's like, I want to look like Lamar. I know. It was really sweet, actually. It, it really was. So the thing about this scene that I think is the most worth discussing is like we were saying earlier, you really got a good view into Kim's thought process about this whole thing in terms of as it related to where she was at in her life. And she's in her confessional saying, you know, me and Reggie were together for years and we were on the fast track to get married. And Chloe's only known Lamar for two weeks. Again, not said in any sort of a judgmental way, but kind of just laying out the objective facts of the situation. And after Chloe tells Rob and they're all kind of sitting around Kim goes to the side and she calls Allison and she's saying, you know, I'm going to be the one crying in this wedding saying this was supposed to be me. She's kind of joking about it. And she's saying, you know, what if they ask, does anybody object? And I stand up and I'm like, this should have been me, you know? And she says, luckily I still have every single detail from what I wanted for my wedding picked out. So maybe I can pass that along to Chloe. Like really, I don't want to say making it about herself because she wasn't doing it to Chloe. She was just having a conversation with her friend. But like I said earlier, she can't view this without that lens. And I get it. Yeah, I so get it. I mean, I, I think I actually completely forgot the the Reggie to Chris Humphreys pipeline going on here because I think in my mind, I, I don't know why, but I think I had separated Chloe's marriage so much and Chloe's wedding so much from her and Reggie, like timeline-wise. So I kind of forgot until I was watching it again that it was so fresh, the breakup with Reggie and that desire to get married as a result really of that breakup and what she thought she was going to have with Reggie was so strong throughout this entire thing that, it, again, that's what fed to the Chris Humphreys marriage. That's what fed to the overwhelming desire of, I just want to be married and have kids like I had planned it out in my mind. Right. And then I have to wonder... Would that desire have been as strong if Chloe didn't get married? I, it would have been there. It definitely would have been strong, but would it have been as strong? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't think so to the same extent. I don't either. And and I I think if you didn't watch the episode, it comes across maybe from the way we're talking about it, like Kim was being selfish. She wasn't. She genuinely was really happy for Chloe. And in front of Chloe, she wasn't making it that much about herself. But you could just tell that it was weighing on her. Yeah. I, you know, it was it was selfish to an extent, but I think that that's who Kim was. Like that was the way Kim thought. It was almost funny that every single other person was freaking out because Chloe had known Lamar for such a short period of time and was moving so quickly. And Kim couldn't even focus on the Chloe moving too quickly aspect of it because she couldn't get over her own view of the situation, which is she can't believe how quickly it worked out for Chloe and how long she spent in a relationship for it not to work out. And that is what was so funny about Kim as well. And that's what made Kim Kim was like her view of every situation. And I mean this somehow as a compliment, it just always went back to Kim. Oh, everything was filtered through her. It's, it's completely true. And you're right about how like her biggest concern or not her biggest concern, but her biggest point of discussion here wasn't about the nine days. It literally was, wow, I cannot believe that this isn't me. Right. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And 
I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. So keep in mind, Chloe's not here for the scene. So they're having just a very honest conversation about their feelings about it. And Kim's repeating how she doesn't think it's a good idea. And Rob kind of gets mad at her and is like, this isn't about you. And Kim says, and I quote, I don't want it to be the whole time like, oh, Kim's just jealous of the wedding. So I'm really not. He's so tall. I can't even. That was the moment that Kanye was like, I have to marry this girl. I know everyone thinks it's when he saw that picture of her and asked about Kim Kardashian. It wasn't. When she said she doesn't like tall guys, Kanye jumped the fuck up and made it his life mission to marry her. (laughs) Oh, like, yes, Julie. When she said that, I was like, I have never related to anything less in my entire life. I cannot believe that her defining factor for why she wouldn't be into Lamar is because he's like 6'5". I was like, we are speaking two different languages here. And then she goes off and marries Chris Humphreys. It was never going to work. I wonder if that's a real a thing for her. It must be because, I mean, uh, it's not just like she was saying, you know, I, I don't mind height. Like she was specifically opposed to height. She thought it was like the craziest thing that Chloe would be into a tall guy. Like she was the one with the right thought process and Chloe was the outlier here who liked tall guys. Yeah, I was like, Kim, I normally relate to what you're saying, and you are so on your own on this one. She's very much on her own. Also, there's a lot of people, I think, out there that will say, like, oh, I I prefer somebody not that tall. Like, I don't know anybody that's, like, specifically opposed to tall. I've never heard this before. Like, I'm sure it exists. I'm sure we're going to get DMs of people saying, no, I like it, whatever, and totally respect whatever your decision is. But this was a foreign concept to me. I didn't even know this existed. This was the moment that Kanye wrote American Boy and wrote, I just met this five foot seven guy who's just my type. (laughs) Literally. No, you have to like, we have to make this into a meme. Like Kanye, when he heard, you know what I mean? That's hilarious. So funny. So... Rob kind of gets really defensive. Again, his protectiveness over Lamar started very early, like literally from day one. And he just starts getting defensive over Chloe Lamar saying to Kim, you know, how could you say something like that? And they're all yelling. And Kim and Chris are yelling at Rob saying he's taking it too far. He's getting mean. And Kim, again, as we've said in the fight with her and Courtney, when she called her the least interesting, there are other times when she's definitely done this. She just takes it a little bit too far. And she says, you know, the reason that you and Adrian broke up is because you're immature and you can't admit when you're wrong. Something that's funny that happens consistently throughout this episode is that somehow every single fight, Chris takes the wrong side. Yeah, it kind of was a theme because not that either of them were so in the right, but I definitely don't think that I would say Kim was overwhelmingly correct. In this fight, she's like, Rob, you are so mean. You just take it too far. Meanwhile, Kim just like touched on the most sensitive thing that Rob has gone through in years. The thing that he's still specifically so upset about. Kim dug deep and hit that. And Chris is like, Rob, you know, you just don't know how to stop. And everyone's like, um, I feel like maybe we just watched two very different things go down. Right. Like, are you guys watching the same thing we are? Because that was the thing also in like specifically with this particular insult, Rob was younger than Adrian. And not that it was an insecurity, but it almost became one in a way because he wasn't like on her level of maturity. So for Kim to say this, it wasn't even just like, well, you broke up. It was like, you broke up and let me point out the reason that I think it happened. Like that's... (laughs) Exactly, yes. 
So Chris kind of diffuses the situation and she's saying, you know, I think all of this is coming from the fact that Kim just thought this was going to be her. Obviously, a year ago, things were different. And so that kind of does give a little bit of insight as to why she maybe continually took Kim's side of kind of like, I know that she's really hurting and I know it's a lot deeper than just this. Right, totally. There's also kind of a lot going on here because at the same time, Rob is in his confessional basically saying that six months ago, Adrian and I broke up and she moved back to New York and like, he's not over it. And so that is kind of a subplot that's happening in the midst of this Kim fight. I actually cannot believe how many plots go on during this two hour special. I know. (laughs) There was talk about no filler. Not even a second of it. I know. Anyway, so next thing that happens in the midst of all this, Scott walks in. And it's really funny because Aside from the times when he was really in a dark place or in the very beginning when he was not that well-liked, I feel like Scott's entrance has kind of had the same effect throughout of like this really lighthearted energy for the most part. Everybody's happy. They know he's going to be a little bit of a jokester. It almost kind of lightens the mood. They could, if this was a sitcom, they could do a reel of all of the times Scott has walked into a room during extremely tense situations. Right. And everybody, I think, for the most part, is happy to have him there because naturally his presence diffuses it. No, it's like somebody is off camera and going, okay, and enter Scott, like every single time. Yeah. So he sits down. Chris tells him that Chloe's getting married. He obviously has a million questions. And Scott goes, who would have thought Chloe would be the first one to get married? And when he says that, I'm thinking like, Again, that is the last thing Kim wants to hear in this current moment. (laughs) Right, like stick a dagger through her heart, why don't you? I know. And so Chris says, they're in love. They're on the fast track. And Scott goes, I'm in love. I'm not getting married after two weeks. And she goes, yeah, thank you, God. He's like, what's that supposed to mean? (laughs) It's so classic early Kardashians. It's so classic. And if Chris watched that now, she'd be like, if only you guys had gotten married. I know. I was thinking I didn't do it, but I... Would love to. That's maybe a TikTok that we should make to post on the CBC TikTok of like that scene and then right after the scene when they're all there and she's saying, like, come on, make an honest woman out, out of my daughter. Okay. I can maybe I can maybe pull some behind the scenes strings there. I think you could make that happen. I think I could too. So Mother's Day is coming up, and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because Realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her, but I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, and it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So there are now eight days until the wedding, and this is when the conversation about who is going to walk Chloe down the aisle really starts, because Chris asks Chloe, and she responds saying, Rob. And Chris voices the fact that, you know, she really thinks Caitlin would be very hurt. And she also says, we're planning a wedding and she doesn't even know about it. That's nuts. And Chloe is kind of under the mindset of like, I will tell Caitlin. I just don't want to tell Caitlin until I have the ring. So you need to not say anything in the meantime. And again, this is what we were saying earlier. Chloe's reactions to pretty much everything here were just so out of line and like abnormal of she's asking her mom to share the secret with from her husband that her daughter is getting married. Like it's, it's completely illogical and almost like a delusional mindset. Yet Chris is going with it. It was one of the crazier things I think that they've done to Caitlin. And I have to say, 
whether this plot line was exaggerated for the wedding special, whether Caitlin was kind of in on it the whole time or was kept in the dark for a little bit of it, it's almost regardless because it really showcases the treatment of Caitlin and how it kind of got to the point where Caitlin had enough. And it really was like you saw it here, like obviously they love Caitlin and she is such an important part of the family, especially at this point in time. But the disrespect here is like astronomical. And for Chris to go along with this and keep this from Caitlin just because of what Chloe wants, it just proved a whole point about their marriage, honestly. Oh, I completely agree. And listen, who knows how exaggerated it was. I definitely think there were moments that were dramatized, but in general, I definitely think there was a lot of underlying truth here. And the thing that I just can't wrap my head around, aside from, you know, Chloe wanting to go about it this way, that's one thing. I I don't necessarily agree with that, but it's really Chris. I just feel like I understand the loyalty you have to your daughter. At the same time, I feel like how can she ask you to put you in that type of position? I don't know. I just think about it if the roles were reversed. It's not even so much about the fact that Chloe asked Chris to do that to Caitlin. Like, as the parent and as a wife, you kind of step in and say, I'm not going along with this. Like, you step in and you say, I'm not disrespecting my partner in this way. Like, if you are doing something in a way where you are so sure of your decision to do this and you are so confident in the fact that you can marry somebody after nine days of knowing them, then you need to own your shit and like follow through with it. And keeping it from Caitlin is just making the whole thing seem off. And I'm not taking a part in that. And then instead of doing that, Chris just truly went along with it. No, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's not about Chloe. Chloe wanting to, you know, to to have it in that way is fucked up in its own right. But that's one thing. I completely agree with you. I think that's on Chris to basically say, hold on here. I'm not, I can't go into this weird convoluted web that you're spinning because it then will affect my marriage. And honestly, I think the word you used before, disrespect, is the absolute perfect word. I don't think Caitlin was over exaggerating at all in her response, which obviously we will get into. And I also don't think that Chris was even remotely in line. I'm sorry. I understand it was an uncomfortable position she was put in, but I think it's the kind of thing where you have to step in. And I can't help but wonder if any of the other kids would have put her in this situation or if that time Chloe, like Chloe season four, Chloe was the only one that would have. Cause I can't imagine a world in which Kim would have. I can't either. It's very much a Chloe thing. Yeah. So the next few scenes were kind of just getting ready. And there's one where Chloe comes into Rob's room basically to ask if he will walk her down the aisle. And you see on one hand, Rob is honored and, and flattered and recognizes in a way he's filling the role for their father. But at the same time, he literally says to Chloe, like, I think that you need to tell Caitlin about the wedding. And I think that she should be the one that walks you down the aisle. And again, Chloe's response is like, I'm going to tell her. I just want to have the ring first. But you see that even Rob, who was admittedly immature at this time and also could very much understand the honor of walking Chloe down, had a moment of realization was and was like, this is not the right thing to do. And I can't allow my own like, you know, flattery to take over what I know is morally correct here. Yeah, totally. And also that just goes to the relationship that Caitlin and Rob had, which isn't always highlighted, but they did a really great job of showing in this episode and really was an important factor in the whole family. I also have to say, and I don't know if I'm wrong here. I think initially when I watched this, I was like, wow, the fact that Chloe wouldn't just think to ask Caitlin to walk her down the aisle initially is just ridiculous. Like I remember being really upset by that. When I was watching it this time, I was like, I understand the relationship they have and I understand how special it is. And I understand that Caitlin really stepped in as a father figure to Chloe and Chloe very much sees her in that way. I don't know if I necessarily agree that it should be an absolute given that Chloe should ask Caitlin to walk her down the aisle. I don't know. I don't feel like I am at liberty to say one way or another what should necessarily happen. I, that being said, though, I understand what Rob is saying of like, this would hurt Caitlin so deeply. And again, I, I guess my thing is, it's not about what ultimately happens. It's more so what was her reasoning for wanting Rob? Was it because she genuinely wanted Rob or was it because she was afraid of obviously what was surrounding the conversation, asking Caitlin since she was already so afraid of her to know about it in the first place. Whereas if this was a guy that she was dating for two years, would Caitlin have been the automatic choice? That I think was what was missing here. That was a little bit fuzzy. 
Yeah, totally. I I think that there should have been a conversation between Chris and Chloe where like they kind of stepped away from the rush of the wedding and stepped away from the fact that they hadn't told Caitlyn yet. And Chris said, listen, it would really mean so much to Caitlyn. You know how Caitlyn view you, views you. You know how Caitlyn views her role in your life. It would mean so much to her if you asked her to walk you down the aisle. But if you view that as a situation that like you don't want somebody who isn't your actual father to fill since he cannot be here, like we understand. I just think it should have been more grace in that conversation rather than it just being a given that she would have asked her stepfather to step in. And I don't think I necessarily thought about that way in the slightest the first time around. But watching it this time, I was like, I feel like there's a lot of presumptions being made here about filling in for her father who isn't alive and can't be here and what she would actually want in this situation. Yeah. I I think that the reason that it wasn't clear is because it was so mixed in with the anxiety she felt about Caitlyn knowing about the wedding. That's what it is. This this is not even in my opinion, an accurate representation of what would have gone on. Like we would be watching a very different scenario if there was more time, if she didn't feel nervous about Caitlin finding out, if Caitlin knew about the engagement. I don't know if her knee-jerk reaction would have been Rob. But I also, if it was, I also agree there's nothing wrong with that. She said, when I look at Rob, I see my father. You know, I don't I've never been in that situation, but I can imagine how that must have been. Also, there's always the, you know, possibility that they both could have walked her down. Who knows? I just think that like when it's your wedding, you do what you want to do. I just don't know that Chloe asking Rob was what she actually wanted or she was doing it out of fear and avoidance of a situation. I don't know. Totally. So next scene, Chloe and Malika go to New York. Vera Wang is a friend of the family. She agrees not only to design her dress, but also to have all the dresses made for, you know, the bridesmaids, maid of honor, Chris. And I will say what an unbelievably seamless situation from start to finish, given the fact that you're getting married in a week and this stuff is really on demand. You know, Vera, Vera Wang was kind of the hero of the whole wedding. No, she really was. But also it it was so clutch that they had that relationship. Listen, they could have had it with anyone. I think at, at that point, not that they were that famous, but if they really, if Khloe Kardashian was marrying a Laker and she wanted a wedding dress made in a week, it would have happened. It was just great that they already had this, like almost familial relationships that they didn't have to get into the specifics and Vera was like immediately on board. Right, exactly. We now have six days until the wedding. And at this point, Courtney and Malika are planning Chloe's bachelorette. And they're on the phone with the pleasure chest talking about what they do. And Kendall and Kylie are in the room for this. And Courtney had said to them before, you know, she called the pleasure chest, listen, you can be in here, just don't talk. And I think they had no idea what to at all expect. And Courtney's on the phone like, okay, so what do you do? Is it dildos? They're like, yeah, we can do blowjob tutorials. You know, we can have the strippers, really whatever you want, like listing out these very graphic things. And I literally see just the absolute shock and how horrified Kendall and Kylie were. And it was so funny, like having that image of them with how quote old they are now. Remember when you were little and somebody would say something like about sex or something like sexual acts, sex toys, whatever. And like, you didn't actually know what it was, but you kind of pretended in the moment you did because you didn't want to embarrass yourself by by asking. Like, I felt like in that moment, Kendall and Kylie were hearing so many things for the first time ever and just didn't want to react. And they were absolutely losing it. And it was such a funny, like teenage girl moment. It really, really was, especially because they couldn't react because Courtney was technically on the phone. Whereas I wonder, Kendall wouldn't have, but I wonder if Kylie would have had a million questions if they weren't in a situation where like they were stressfully planning something. Yeah, exactly. Like there's one part where she's the woman from the pleasure chest is like, and we do um, fellatio tutorials. Like uh, Kendall and Kylie probably walked out of that room and they were like, mom, I have to Google something, but how do you spell fellatio? (laughs) No, that's exactly what happened. You know, I I do also wonder though, just something in general, like we've always spoken about how open this family is talking about sex and talking about things that others may deem as like inappropriate to talk about with your family. And I wonder if having like older siblings around that were obviously so open about it and so open about it with your parents, if that bred a healthy relationship with sex that Kendall and Kylie may have, like, I don't know. I just think Obviously, you know, like I'm a big believer in that type of stuff. And I think that like it was definitely a sex positive household and they were encouraged to ask questions and not be ashamed. And I wonder how that kind of manifested itself. Like that's a question I would love to ask them. 
Yeah, that's a really great question. I don't know. Also, keep in mind at this point, Sharon Sachs is over. We are in the pre-Mindy Weiss days, which like this entire episode kind of just covers the like Sharon Sachs to Mindy Weiss pipeline. And they're sitting in the living room going over the wedding plans. Caitlin is meeting Sharon, doesn't know that she's the wedding planner. That's one of those moments where it's like, there's no way this is real because Sharon has been planning, I would imagine, their events. But you know, you just kind of have to re-envision the dynamic here. And it's it's just OG Kardashian days. Yeah, I never really thought about the fact that there's just absolutely no shot in the entire world that Caitlyn had never met Sharon Sachs until that moment. Yeah, it's possible that she knew she was an event planner or had something to do with events but didn't know it was for Chloe's wedding. But that's for that to be their first interaction just seems simply illogical. Yeah, there's there's just no way. Although I love when they do things like this for the show. Also, this is before they redid that house, which I kind of forgot. Like this was pre the black and white floors. I cannot even for one second believe, on top of all of the plot lines, you can't even pay attention that they moved into that house because there is just so much going on. There's so much going on that we didn't even touch on that. I mean, Kim mentioned it for one second when she was doing the voiceover in the beginning, and then they immediately went on to the next thing. You know, it's funny because now the way they would have done it, it would have been like a really big dramatic goodbye to the house. And I wonder if they have regrets about not making an episode about saying goodbye to that Calabasas house because it was so iconic and so essential to the early days of the show. And I don't think they necessarily realized that at the time. So moving houses was wasn't necessarily a big deal. But looking back on it, you never even got to take the time to say goodbye to the other house. Are we sure we didn't? Because technically they still own it. Was there ever a point in any of the seasons, like maybe later in this season or season five, when they did say an official goodbye? I could be wrong, but I don't believe so. I mean, maybe because you then move in quickly to Chloe and Lamar house hunting in the next couple of episodes, I believe. So maybe in that time period, but I don't, not that I necessarily remember. Yeah. But not in a way that I would have, let's just say not in a way that they would have done it now. Totally. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray, and it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray, and Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real, and for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game-changer. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. So next scene, Chloe, Chris, and Malika are going flower shopping and they're registering for all of the gifts for the wedding. And I mean, Chris is in like full-blown Calabasas mom mode. She is going in there, picking out all of the finest things, you know, the crystals, the Hermes dishes. And Chloe is kind of having this moment of like, she's out of control because this to me, out of maybe all of the scenes, really just showed the very stark contrast between season four them and season 20 them in the sense of like, Chris wanted her to get this Hermes uh, dining set and each place setting was $750. And Chloe actually couldn't comprehend that amount of money being spent on one place setting, which obviously is an exorbitant amount of money. However, now, I mean, Courtney's getting Kendall Hermes sets like for her birthday as if it's nothing. And it was just so interesting how like Chloe wasn't there yet mentally. Like she even said to Chris, my friends can't afford this. And I think Chris had this mindset of like, this is what we do now. I know exactly what you mean. First of all, Chloe, like you're inviting the entire Lakers team. So I wouldn't really con- be concerned about who can afford what. 
I know. But it's not even just that the contrast between season four and season 20 is so stark. It's like the contrast, and we always talk about this, about the way they portrayed Chris is so stark. So in season one, obviously, as we've said many times before, they really portrayed her in a way where like, she was new to this lifestyle and like the Calabasas thing was kind of new to her and she very much gave off those vibes. When she walks in and she's registering with Chloe, it's like, this is a seasoned vet. This is not somebody who learned how to pick out expensive china and Hermes dishes and place settings within the time span of season one to season four. This is someone who's been around the block a few times and knows exactly what she's doing. So for them to lean more into the way Chris actually is was such a turning point in the show too. Yeah, I also couldn't help but feel, and again, I get it. It was for the show. She was so much younger, whatever. It's not to be judged. It's just we're talking about it, so let's talk about it. Like, you tell your mom that you are going to marry this guy that you've known for a month and you're going to do it in nine days. So she has to put this whole wedding together. So she then, you know, takes it upon herself to bring you to this beautiful place where you're going to register to get these beautiful gifts from friends of the family. And Chloe was like, I hate this word, but she was so ungrateful and so like frustrated. And I get the mother-daughter dynamic, but I almost was like, you need a bird's eye perspective because the fact that your mom is all in and is doing this and is not like no fucking way you handle this on your own if this is a decision you want to make. Like how she wasn't kissing the ground that Chris walked on is actually beyond me. I love my mom maybe more than anything in the entire world. If Chris was the one that wanted to take me registering for my wedding, I would literally tell my mom to wait in the car. (laughs) Right, like she wasn't experiencing that. That was an experience and maybe she just wasn't old enough or mature enough or refined enough at the time to appreciate that. But that is a special experience to have. And listen, Chris knows she's not taking Chloe somewhere that He's just going to be like, these are very important people that are coming to Chloe's wedding. It's not just her friends. It's a lot of Chris's friends. It's a lot of Lamar's friends. It's a lot of really big people. Chris knows that this is the place Chloe is going to need to be registered at. And if Chloe could have taken a step back and been like, oh, my mom knows what the fuck is up. She would have appreciated that moment so much. I know. And it was like, I don't know. There was just this real dynamic that persisted throughout the earlier seasons of the show, but this was the best example of it because this was like the most glaring example of how unappreciative and almost unaware she was of all the things Chris did for her. Yeah, totally. Also, my by the way, I like that was my mom. The way that Chris was, that a hundred thousand percent would have been my mom. I can't even it was I was actually having like a little bit of um it was, it was hard for me to watch for a moment because like that was her immediately walking in, knowing exactly where I couldn't even, it was crazy for me to watch that. It really was. I, I had a feeling you were going to say that. So next scene, Chloe is with Lamar at the hotel. They were staying at the SLS. And this is what we were talking about earlier with the editing mistake. Like this is supposed to be pre-wedding or pre, I should say, this is supposed to be pre-engagement, but her ring is fully on. She's just massaging him. Like we're just really seeing some of their, more intimate moments. And like, we never really got to see that with, with Tristan or with anyone after, after um, Lamar in terms of on the show. The ring thing cracks me up because it wasn't like you could just see it on her hand in the distance. It was like, they zoomed in on it. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess they just didn't care editing wise. They, they just, I don't even know, but it did make me laugh to watch that in retrospect. And I know I didn't catch that the first time um, in terms of her and Lamar the way they were with each other was just different. Like, and I think that's why when I watched this, as we were saying earlier in the episode, like there's no part of me that watches this and is like, watch out, Chloe. Like when you watch Kim and Chris's wedding, you're like, I cannot believe I'm watching this car wreck in action. Like, I can't believe I'm watching this unfold before my eyes, knowing that in 72 days, it's going to be nothing. And obviously we know that Chloe and Lamar, it was very much a real relationship. They very much loved each other. But you could understand somebody watching this, and I feel like maybe most people probably do, watching this and being like, oh my God, do not go through with this. Like, even it's going to end worse than you could ever even imagine. And for some reason, that is never how I view the situation. Like, I watch it, and even though it ended in a way where, like, it, it was as bad as something could end, it was horrific, and the way Lamar treated her towards the end of their relationship is something that like I can't even comprehend having watched this Lamar 
I think I just have such a fondness for the way he was with her at this time that it overshadows all of that. So when I watch them together and they're rolling around in bed, it's not that feeling of like, oh, he's just like, you know, going to screw her over so badly soon. It's like, oh my God, I cannot even fathom how in love they were. Like I truly thought and maybe still think despite everything, like they were soulmates. Oh, I totally think so too. And it's, I mean, it's one thing for me to think that, but it's another thing for you to think that like, you know, I, I oftentimes, and it's normal, like this, the cynical nature can sometimes creep in with these types of things. Cause like, you're such a realist and that's where we kind of differ. Um, but I think that we're really aligned on this one because it's, it's, it's so, I don't know. I do think the love was real. I do think the love, the, the feeling was very palpable and you know what? I, I don't think you can only have one soulmate in your life. I'm of the belief that you can have multiple soulmates. And I definitely think that Lamar was one of Chloe's in a way that Tristan is not. I, I so agree. I mean, I don't know how I feel about the multiple things. I've, I've pretty much used the word soulmate to describe three couples and it's Chloe and Lamar, Ice and Coco, and Cardi and Offset. And I truly believe all three of those couples are soulmates. I don't know about anybody else in the world. Well, I think that you can have platonic soulmates. Yeah. See, I don't I don't really know enough about the term. I just use it when I see it, and it's just those three people. <laughs> and my grandparents have been married for 65 years. So like I I'm really not sure on the word soulmate, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> so next scene, Rob is with Chloe. This is like this, you guys, is peak Rob Kardashian. He is just oozing sex appeal. Just his smile, the way he just every single thing about him. I, I can't even, I don't, I don't, I really, it's, it's not the time of the day when I want to get into this because <laughs> I have a busy day ahead of me, but um, it's just, <laughs> it's a lot going on here. And and still, this is the Ryan Sheckler effect. I think we've spoken about it before. It's Rob Kardashian and Ryan Sheckler that bring me back, really bring me back. Hardcore, I know. Anyway, this is when they're just discussing the fact that Chloe invited Adrian and you know, they're still good friends and she just wants to make sure Rob's not mad about it. And he actually has like best case scenario reaction because he's thrilled. He's like, I actually think this isn't in. Like, this is great. I've been wanting to see her. And he almost takes it a little too far. And he's like, maybe I should ask her to be my date. And Chloe's like, no, just you're not really on speaking terms. Just play it cool. But I was so glad at his reaction. I was too. I mean, obviously there was the whole underlying motive there, but I was very happy too to see Rob excited to see Adrian because again another plot line that I absolutely love. So next scene, it's Caitlin and Scott, and Caitlin is saying to Scott, you know, you're probably going to have six or seven kids because you were an only child. And Scott responds, I want to have only one who's going to be just like me. I just love those kind of moments of hearing them speak about what they anticipate for their children before the children were born because I'm so used to Scott and Courtney as parents that I forget what it was like before they were parents. I do too. Also, Scott saying he wants one just like him. Like he definitely got at least one that is exactly like him. Totally. And at this point, Caitlin has a TV on and the story on the news comes on about Lamar and Chloe getting married, which this to me, a hundred thousand percent was a fake newscast. No. Oh, I, I have to assume so. It was like, overwhelmingly fake and Caitlin calls Robin is like what the fuck is going on and Rob says yes and this was also confusing because Scott gets angry as if he didn't hear it before like the editing was a mess but Scott says I think it's a bit crazy that no one filled you in on it and Rob's like well Chloe thinks that you're going to react in a bad way and Caitlin's like yeah I think any father would be a little bit upset about something like that And in her confessional, Caitlin says, what has my life come to? I'm watching the news to find out what my children are doing. Although I'm not the genetic dad, I've been with Chloe since she was five years old. You would think she would feel the right thing to do is to call before it got into the media. It's also hurtful because I think my wife knew. And this is when Caitlin calls Chris to say like, I'm watching the news and it says Chloe and Lamar are engaged. And Chris is like, honey, I can't hear you. I'm going through the canyon. I'll see you when I get home. Kind of one of those classic moves, but it's really tense here because even in her confessional when Caitlin says, I think my wife knew, it's like, just wait till you find out that she's halfway through planning the fucking wedding. Also, no shit your wife knew. I know. Your wife knows everything, by the way. Your wife is all knowing. I know. And this is just, it just gets bad. (laughs) You're right. It gets bad. (laughs) Do you think this is like a good place to end? I kind of feel like 
Yes. I agree. Let's end part one here. A good cliffhanger. We'll let you guys know what happens next week. I'm so excited. This was such a good episode. I cannot believe this. I want to, what else can we watch that's like this? Like what are other one hour specials of this show that has that same energy? I don't think anything will have this level of chaotic energy, but we have to find specific things because I love doing a season and we will, we will absolutely do season five, season six. I have to imagine, but I want more things like this because God was this good. Chris Humphreys was chaotic as fuck. Maybe that should be next. We'll discuss off camera. <laughs> you mean off, off. <laughs> off recording. We'll discuss off recording. Thank God we're not on camera, by the way. I'm fully naked recording this. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, it's so hot in my room. Oh, and you can't have the air on when we record. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was talking to someone last week that I forget who it was. There's somebody that like we know. I cannot remember who, but they were like, wait, you guys aren't physically together when you record? I was like, no, we haven't been physically together when we record since like March of 2020 and they were blown away, which I guess is a good thing that there's no delay or like our chemistry isn't flawed. Yeah, we're going to have to fix that though. Yeah, no, we definitely will. We'll we'll talk. That's another offline conversation. I'll see you off camera. (laughs) (laughs) We love you guys so much, Isabel, and I will see you later this week for Bravo and Julie and I will be back next week. And I should say our producer is off on Monday for extended July 4th weekend. So our episode will be going up on Tuesday. We love you guys. Let's talk about baby making for a second because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Frida Fertility. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.